the underpowered hour on this week's show we talk about amazon alexa in your new land rover workshop updates and then we're joined by thayer Lowe, land rover enthusiast journalist and rebel rally competitor and now here's the show Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or check us out on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the rickety, dilapidated leaf spring to Stephen's adjustable airbag suspension. I'm the bulging disc of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, I don't know if you caught the news uh, this week, but uh, Land Rover is in their infinite wisdom, have decided, you know what? The in-car entertainment system is ready for an upgrade, and not just any upgrade, but they are adding uh, Amazon uh, Alexa to, and I have one on my desk, so it's going to, every time we do this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to flash on and off. They have added it uh, to the inside of your Land Rover. So yeah, that, yeah, I'm I'm led to believe that this uh, is an possibly over the air update that you can yeah. download onto your Land Rover, and now you'll have Alexa capability, things like uh, directions, navigation, weather updates, these sorts of things. I'm I'm curious to see how far this is integrated into the Land Rover. You know how much you'll be able to control. With Alexa, you know, like, will you Alexa. be able to put the car into like tiny cactus uh, mode or uh, giant snowflake mode, or or is it limited yeah. to simply like, you know, what's the weather like tomorrow, or uh, I need more, I need more Kleenex? Does it automatically uh, just order oil for the car based on the amount that you've been driving? It, it? subscribes. So, it yeah, subscribes just subscribe. To oil. Yeah, just yeah. subscribe and save. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I think that makes sense. Subscribes to kitty litter too. Oh yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those little a specialty broom pan just for uh, just for driveway leaks. Yeah, I mean it's got you know driveway cleaner. It's got everything you need. Yeah, right built in. What What are some uh, What are some Alexa commands that you would appreciate? In your, you know, I'm a I'm a, you know I I have a fairly honestly integrated uh, Alexa environment uh, here, both in the workshop and at the house. So all my lights, all that I've sort of your, stuff. I've yeah. seen your Alexa bidet. Yes. Oh, it's super important to have that. I mean, because, you know, that is one place where you truly want a hands-free. And also, you want something to be able to, like, misunderstand what you're asking for. Um, that's a that's a key. That's a key element. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, nothing is uh, refreshing as a uh, 2.30 in the morning accidental bidet. That is... Uh, Ice yeah. cold. Oh, absolutely. I I would have it no other way. I would have it no other way. Yeah, it's, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm heard you know, that's called, I've heard that's called the kiss of Poseidon. It is. It's yeah. exactly right. It's the polar <laughs> it's the polar bearing uh, approach to the 2:30 in the morning pee. Um yeah, it's good. It's good. No, it all it all works perfectly and and any anyone who has the Amazon uh, Alexa knows that it has never once misunderstood what you're uh, what you're uh, saying or uh, instead of uh, playing that song by Adele, uh you know, accidentally, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, FaceTimed a relative or something. Like, that's never happened. Certainly, it is infallible. So why not uh, add that technology to something being propelled down the road at 100 miles an hour? It's, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect, perfect marriage. I'm sorry, uh, officer. Alexa drove over that hobo. I can't. I, I'm, <laughs> it was my fault. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't me. My fault. It wasn't me. I, I said, <laughs> yeah. I said I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to listen to Adele, and instead, it 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 backed over that woman. It's not my. It's not my fault. I don't. I don't know. Just wanted to listen to that "Hello from the Other Side" song, and uh, I, I got, mean, you know, all joking aside, it's probably it's probably super useful. Yeah, well, and you know, traditionally the in-car voice recognition stuff on any car, and it's not just Land Rover, BMW. Any, I mean, BMW probably has the best. iDrive is probably the best in-car system, right? And the voice recognition is absolutely terrible. It's like barely usable. And I could think of no circumstance where I would rather use that versus just doing it manually somewhere. It's not even close to like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, an Android or, or, or the Apple Siri product or anything like that. It's not even close. So the idea of putting Amazon, you know, putting Alexa, which is, it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's a thousand times better than any in-car system. It's interesting. And it's, it's, you know, it's yet another step of a car manufacturer sort of saying like, eh, we're pretty terrible at this. So instead we're just going to inherit something less terrible, uh, from, from someone else. So I actually think it's, I think it's actually clever all joking aside. I think it's a, it's a pretty good idea. I mean, that sort of technology is always the first to get feel dated when you're, you know, operating a car that's yeah. a couple of years old. So, you yeah. know, when I bought my Sprinter van, I just was like, I don't want that navigation no. in my car. It's going to be useless in like 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Well, you think back to like, uh, you know, an LR3 or something and the navigation that you could get for those cars and it's just terrible. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like totally unusable. So it's like a Garmin GPS from the nineties. Oh man, so good. I have the Garmin the Garmin GPS from the uh from the Camel Trophy truck and it's it's hilarious. It's like a Nintendo or it's like a Game Boy. Like it it's oh, sort of yeah. the same level of technology, which is kinda you know, it's quaint now. It sort of seems neat. But you know, five years after that was built, it was just a total, total disaster. So yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know. I, I you know, I'm into it. I'm gonna get it, uh, get it installed in the 80 inch uh, for sure. I'll upgrade my in car <laughs> entertainment system to include Alexa. Uh, Speaking there. of your 80 inch, what's going on in your workshop? Steven? So well, I, I know that uh, everybody has been on uh, bated breath, waiting to find out. Or in fact, uh, does my 90 have tapered bearings in both the upper and lower? of the swivel ball or is there a uh, bushing a relco bush in the I've, uh, full, yeah. I've had many sleepless nights thinking about this I know I know you have what, well what's the answer I'm I'm pleased to uh to inform you that in fact because of the early nature, I have one of the first 90s uh that was uh one of the first North American 90s uh it is a 300 TDI axle, so it is in fact two tapered bearings. Ugh. Yeah, sorry. So it's uh, both uh, both upper and lower are gotcha. uh, tapered bearings, which is uh, which is better. Uh, it doesn't allow for the sensor to go down the middle for uh, ABS or traction control, but uh, my uh, you know my left foot on the brake provides the uh, ABS and traction control. So no, uh, well, well, the right foot is on so, the gas. So, so no problem. That's why you're always, that's why you're always stuck, right? It's always stuck because uh, no traction <laughs> control. I can't, uh, it just doesn't work. I mean, how do you do it without the traction control? I don't know. Uh, I keep trying to put the Defender into Tiny Cactus and it just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't work. I think, I, I think it's just a hockey puck with whiteout on it. I'm pretty sure. It was just some crude cave drawings of a 
of a tiny cactus in a, on a hockey puck. But it's got it, a anyway. it's got a speaker that plays like a, a, like suspension adjusting noises. Oh yeah, the dash. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's perfect. And I'm like ready to go. It's this sense of it's like a placebo effect that uh, yeah. like now I just have the confidence of knowing I'm in tiny cactus. I'm ready to go. Which if anybody wonders what my favorite terrain response mode is, it is a tiny cactus. And actually, I say tiny cactus, but if you look at the drawing, the little the little Land Rover beside the cactus, it's 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 like half the size of the cactus. So it's actually technically in giant cactus mode. What I'm referring to is it's a tiny picture of a cactus. So for those who've been confused about about everybody's that. been confused. Yeah, I know. So anyway, so yeah, so swivel ball, it's swivel ball city over here, uh, getting uh, all of that taken apart and uh, washed and uh, cleaned up. Washing and, your balls. Oh, I'm washing the balls. And I have been uh, for the better part of a week. Holy God, <laughs> are those balls dirty? Uh, there was actually, there was a dandelion growing out of one uh, side of a mud patch on, uh, and I, listen. It's not something you want to admit in public. I clean it. It, they get cleaned, <laughs> for sure, I do, but it is also, like, constantly in the mud and dirt and sand and and, and corruption, and maybe those uh, wiper seals maybe should have been replaced 15 years ago, but whatever. Um, you know, they're, everything internally is in great shape, all the bearings, everything. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. one would even argue this didn't need to be done, and certainly uh, halfway through, uh, you know, tearing it all apart. I know I was saying. It's probably better before you started. It might have been better. I think I'm going to make it worse. <laughs> I'm in the process of making it much worse. Uh, so, yeah, so that's going along uh, nicely. You know, we're getting ready for uh, for a Southern California Rover Club uh, event here in two weeks uh, down in Nance Borrego, which will be fun looking for the uh, for the site for the uh, the big September event, the Rover, Rover Rendezvous, uh, which takes place uh, here in California, Southern California in September. Hopefully everybody can come out for that uh, down in Anza Borrego. It's so big now. There's so many cars that show up that we need like a, a Coachella-like setting now. It's got to be a big open. We can't just go to a campsite anymore. There's too many people and too many cars. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, Muse is playing, I believe, uh, this year. Uh, Why Cliff Sean? Why Cliff <laughs> Wyclef is going to be there. There's a going to be piggyback giving piggyback rides. rides. Yeah. <laughs> piggyback rides all night long. Can't wait. Genuinely, no. the nicest guy in the world. I feel I feel terrible. That's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. How about you? How's uh, things up at uh, the old uh, Pangolin Four x Four? Oh, it's really great. You know, we're uh, progressing with the uh, patina eighty inch build. We got that mm-hmm. all stripped down to the chassis. We're you know cleaning the firewall with a fine tooth comb, getting all the little stress cracks welded up. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, going to be a super fun project. I'm real excited about that. And then uh, we have a uh, new and exciting uh, person helping us out with the wooden coach built Land Rover project. Oh. He's a, a, a woody wagon expert, and he's uh, really good with the uh, traditional joinery used in those vehicles. So I'm excited to see. He's a leg made entirely of wood. It's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful. Wow, it's beautiful. You can't even wow. see him limp. It's great. I can't wait to see that car done. I'm uh, that's I'm I'm maybe I I'm excited about a lot of cars you're working on, but that one eh, it's pretty cool. Now it's pretty cool. I'm excited about those two 80 inches. Then we got an early military 80 inch. We just uh, mm-hmm. rebuilt a 1.6 liter motor for. Mm-hmm. So the motor is in paint today. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's pretty exciting. My friend Matt uh, picked up a 
Pexto Stompshire for us there at mm-hmm. the shop. Ooh. Um, so he dropped that off today. So that's an exciting new addition to our little cadre of uh, vintage equipment. Nice. So that's Is it in neat. good shape? Was it uh, oh, or in really need of- nice? Yeah. Really oh, nice. Not cool. not a ding on the blades, you know. Ooh. Just needs a, a good cleaning and lubrication, yeah. and uh, yeah. that thing will be cranking out little pieces of Land Rover before you know it. Oh, fantastic. That's yeah, a great, so. uh, yeah, that's a, a nice size floor shear. I just don't have that much, you know, machine shop space here, but, uh, yeah, nice, nice big shear would be, would be nice. Although honestly, most of the stuff that, uh, that I do, that's even relatively big goes out to one of the 900 aircraft machine shops that are within walking distance of my workshop. So I am, although God forbid the, the gentleman who normally washes my balls for me, uh, he, uh, he, I, I guess this is like an aircraft machine shop, like, you know, a religious holiday or something. He's gone all week. Uh-huh. So I was going to walk my balls over to him and have him, uh, give him the old, cause he's got like, he can like, clean a fuselage so he's got no problem he just they mm-hmm. throw it in there no problem we'll wait you know so it you takes just longer drive in. To, yeah i just drive, just drive him right in there's no problem yeah, yeah. just uh and uh clean you know do it while you wait but uh yeah he's he's away this week so unfortunately uh, no uh, no go on that. Um, we were able to uh, make a pretty significant upgrade to uh, Cooper's uh, little Land Rover, which I know people who are fans of our TikTok uh, have uh, have seen her driving that around. Uh, did a little bit of uh, mod uh, there, Chris, who doesn't listen to the show. Um, and uh, I spent some time both on his Mini uh, fixing the brake switch. So now when you press on the brake, the lights on the back of the car, the red ones, come on to let other people know that you are intending to stop the car because it's a mini, it will, you know, it, it stops gradually over time. But, uh, now there's an indicator that the car is uh, planning, at least thinking about stopping, which is, which is a nice uh, safety upgrade. So, uh, and while doing that, we did a little upgrade on the little Land Rover. So that sucker is, uh, is cooking with gas. Now she really goes. So I'm sure that will cause uh, childhood injury in no time. Have you seen, the Land Rover that was built for like the Prince of Jordan's son. I think it's the Prince of Jordan's son. No. Yeah. Have you seen this? It's it, they built it. It's a tiny series two. It's like child size. Yeah. You should, uh, you should Google this. Um, but it's, it's like a miniature series two that was built by the Land Rover factory for the like, and it's so it's an, Prince it's a of factory. Son. It's a factory Land Rover. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. It's a really neat thing, and uh, it, it's like very well executed by the factory. I'm I'm sure that uh, they were building a lot, or they were selling a lot of Land Rovers to that. Holy country sweet back in the Jesus! 60s. You're right. Yeah, I'm looking at a photo of it. It is super uh, cool. Wow, that is incredible. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that really puts the Toylanders and things kind of to shame. That is, uh, oh, yeah. that is like a factory built miniature. It's <laughs> amazing. It's super cool, and uh, you know, th- I think that one's been lost to history. You yeah. know, I don't know where it exists That's from now. A while ago, yeah. But uh, it, it would be incredible to find that. But but if you haven't seen, um, there's a there's a brilliant Australian engineer, and his name escapes me at the moment. But he has built mm-hmm. a model eighty inch Series One Land Rover, and I went to Kuma in Australia, and I saw it in oh, person. Yeah? And uh, this thing is, is entirely handmade. This it's like a quarter. A, it's like a quarter scale, right? It's a. It's a. It's, 
it's a third scale, I third think, scale. or, okay, yeah. or yeah, something yeah. of of that nature. Because you, so, you can't quite ride in it, right? It's you too, can't. It's too, you no, can. You can drive it. Oh it's my totally God. drivable. Oh and, my God. and he's a retired like tool and die maker, and he built a, a miniature like two liter engine. You know, mm-hmm. like cast the block, cast yeah. the rocker cover, yeah. cast like the carburetor, like it's a model car, like Solex carburetor on it, and uh, like the entire thing. He has he has built it. The wow. only thing that is not to scale is the like the coil. He couldn't yeah. get a, find yeah. a coil that would, that would be that like would to work. scale and be yeah. functional. Um, but it has like a tiny little distributor and a tiny little carburetor and and uh, it's it's amazing. He built the transmission. It's got a miniature like four speed Land Rover transmission and transfer case. Built all the gears, like cast wow. the housings, like machined it all to fit together and drive and work. And it's it's incredible. It's just like another level if you're a total nerd uh it's on youtube you can check it out or actually i took a video when i was in australia we should post that to our patreon um that thing is super neat yeah we'll put it up there yeah we'll put it up there for sure yeah we'll put it up there for sure all right well um speaking of uh exciting uh events uh going on uh around the world and the country uh we have a super fantastic uh guest this afternoon somebody we've actually been uh, trying to talk about getting around for quite some time because you and i talk about the rebel rally quite frequently as uh you know liza's uh, talking about uh, competing in in the future and uh, there's lots of Land Rover interest and intrigue around that event um, and so uh, we have uh, Thayer Lowe a multi-time uh, competitor uh, in the uh, Rebel Rally as well as uh, Land Rover uh, journalist has had um, many articles uh, published, a few articles published in uh, specifically the Rover magazine from our good friends at uh, at Rover's North um, so uh, yeah let's, uh, let's uh, dial up, uh, let's uh, hit up the uh, interview uh, machine, which I believe uh, today uh, is being uh, fueled uh, by uh, uh, a year-old Tang, I think is what uh, is what we've got in there. Today. Probably needs to be crank started. Yeah, I don't know. You can't you can't electric start on year-old Tang. Maybe slightly fresher, slightly fresher Tang. But uh, at any rate, uh, here we go. We'll uh, we'll get uh, there uh, right uh, now. Right on. All right. Well, welcome to the show, uh, Thayer. We wanted to chat with you for actually uh, quite a while. You have a, a fantastic Instagram, uh, discovery yeah. underscore girl 42, uh, that uh, has some uh, some great content from uh, your various endeavors uh, and uh, travels and uh, and land rovering. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So we, we sort of start off with a, uh, you know, a standard set of questions if if you will. Uh, the first one being why of all of the brands in the world uh, that you could uh, uh, fall so deeply in love with, uh, have you chosen uh, our, our beloved Green Oval, the Land Rover? Well, I have to say I've gone through a good amount of brands and tried them all, um, but it came down to quite a few years ago. I was in Glamis and uh, blew an engine on a Land Rover because, you know, we love them. Um, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> all yeah. the people that offered to come help me and that sort of following. And as I'm sure a lot of you know, 
it's sort of a, a thing. Like you fall in love with the Land Rover, but it's partially for the group of people who are also just as obsessed as you are. And so that's yeah. part of the reason it's definitely stayed. There's a group masochism that comes with Land Rover uh, ownership. Uh, the older, the more masochistic as well. Uh, that uh, certainly, yeah, it is a, it is an interesting, uh, and, and occasionally you'll, you'll find each other and you'll start a podcast. It's a, it's a beautiful and <laughs> terrible thing. So, um, so, so speaking of uh, that, so, so what Land Rovers do you uh, currently have? Because I know that it's, uh, it's not just one. Yeah, it's, I mean, I only have two at this point, but it's a 2012 LR4, um, pretty modified, mostly for mm-hmm. camping at this point, and a 1990 classic. Um, but she's made to look out like a 78, basically. The wheels are switched, the bumpers are switched. It doesn't look like a 90. That's fantastic. I think that actually backdating the 80, mid-80s to uh, early 90s Range Rovers back to the earlier uh, ones is like the perfect mix of a car that is reasonably well-running, so far as Land Rover's concerned, but still looks uh, you know, much less like, a, you know, like an early 90s uh, car. I think that's super cool. I definitely agree. You at least get a stereo that way. Yeah, exactly. I'm backdated in case you didn't know. Yeah, Ike is, so uh, yeah that's true. It's <laughs> true. Ike, Ike is actually 96 years old. <laughs> Um, but we've no, backed no, it. I'm only 20. I just yeah. look 55. <laughs> it's been a rough, <laughs> a rough day of disassembling swivel housings. Um, and so, and, and what uh, what Land Rovers are you uh, are you a, a big fan of? Obviously, you love the Range Rover. You have an LR4. I assume you're fond of the LR4. Are there other Land Rovers that you uh, that you're big fans of? Pretty much all of them. Well. Not to talk badly about the new ones and less character, but I have to say I have a crush on the series. Like a two A is I currently have my heart set on that. We'll see. Uh, well, I know somebody who can help you with a series uh, two A. <laughs> Ike has uh, about forty of them. So uh, you know, in various states of backdating. So uh, you know, nature's backdating. I have a I have a little bit of a problem with the series Landovers. Yeah, it's never yeah, a problem. It's a collection. That's right. You 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 haven't been here. That's a problem. <laughs> some would some would try to classify it as a business. Uh, I think there's uh, there's some debate about that, but um, yeah, no, it is great. I, I agree. I think um, you know, a, a, at some point, all, all Land Rover owners should own a series. Uh, Land Rover, if for no other reason than to appreciate uh, the uh, the newer uh, Land Rover uh, that uh, that you may drive every day. Uh, for those of us who drive the old Land Rovers every day, it is uh, you know you just start to you learn to love it. It's a it's a uh, it's a lifestyle uh, to say. I, I, you know, I I would say I've had better luck with the older ones than than the newer ones. Yeah, there's less stuff you to know, break. Less you know? stuff to break is is very true. And yeah, because there's just less stuff. Fix. You know, and, the, and if the newer ones have a big enthusiast movement, and you like that, and you like the people that you know come to your aid when you have, might have a problem or whatever, the the series cars are even more that way, and and in an international sense because yeah. they, you know, they span the globe. So there's there's a Land Rover broken down or you know running around in some bush somewhere everywhere in the world you can visit anywhere in the world and there'll be somebody there who's like oh i've got one of those and like you know? a and like a possum in your garbage they'll just sort of pop up with the you know half shaft or whatever that you need uh, yeah, uh, at true. just the right time so yeah it's a uh, you know it's a great uh, it's a great well we we'll, absolutely would love to uh, to follow your uh, journey into series land rover ownership that sounds like i want to hear more about the the brands that thayer has uh, experience that she no longer has. I oh, don't hear more yeah, about that's that. a great question. It might be easier to tell you the ones that I haven't, but I, I have a problem of going between like a fast car and then an off-road car. Mm-hmm. That's probably the reason I ended up with Land Rover, well, the LR4 at least, is because you can go pretty decently fast in it. 
And you yeah. can also go over just about any terrain, done like mm-hmm. the hot tubs in Moab or overlanding to Baja. But then I wouldn't say you could go slow on the highway. I mean, you can go decently fast on the highway for yeah. a rather large car with a lot of cargo in it. And that's kind of how I decided, like, eh, it's not a Jeep. Jeep doesn't fulfill that. And then I've had like a WRX STI. Well, that's mm. complete opposite spectrum. Yeah. And then you kind of try to meet in the middle. And the LR4 is, I'd say, the best marriage that you can have. I'm a big fan of the LR4. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've had a Discovery 5. I, and, and they're, you know, I, uh, I'm i a big fan. I, I, I don't mind the new cars at all. Again, I have sort of one of each of them. So it doesn't sort of, uh, I'm not a good person to ask. But, um, but yeah, there is something to be said to being able to actually use the car. And you, like you said, go to Baja and not feel as though you've been, uh, you know, uh, you know, attacked by a, a series of linebackers by the time you get there. Um, but then also uh, be able to actually go and, and enjoy the car and go out into the wilderness, and not worry about getting uh, stranded. I think that's uh, that's a pretty novel thing that despite some gadgets and gizmos and lights and blinkies and things that the new cars have, they're still very capable of doing both of those things, uh, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, the new Defender is absolutely stunning. Oh, I. I think it's the coolest. I, I'm a big. I'm just waiting for the 130 to come out as a hybrid. Uh, I've made a promise to myself and our planet that I'm not going to buy any more full gasoline new cars. And so, uh, as soon as that uh, hybrid is uh, is available, then uh, in the 130, then uh, I'll probably get that one because uh, for a variety of reasons, Liza, uh, my uh, you know my a significant other and co-driver is not uh, okay with the 90, which I think is a mistake. But you know, no one's perfect, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't like the 110. I just don't think it, it's it's quite right, and and so I think we've we've settled on well the well, the one thirty is uh, is uh, is is just fine. Then it looks kind of like the one ten of of your, and I think that's uh, that's cool. I, I like it. So it's definitely gonna be interesting when it comes out. Yes, can't wait. So uh, there, you do something that uh, that uh, that that uh, my uh, family does as well, and name your vehicles, which I think is uh, is 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 novel. Ike uh, does uh, that uh, as well to uh, varying degrees, uh, but. So where where did the where do the names come from? Where do you uh, where do you decide on uh, and what are the names of your current cars and where do you where do you decide on those names? Um, well, Layla came from the song um, the Eric Clapton mm-hmm. song, and uh, it's kind of because I end up in rallies and stuff. You end up digging your car out, or if you're overlanding, you're stuck a lot. So I said she's always got me on my knees, <laughs> <laughs> and it fits yep. pretty well. <laughs> Ruby happened to be a song as well, although it's not really a theme. They don't always name them after songs. Mm-hmm. But I was driving her back from Canada where I purchased her, and we're listening to um, Ruby, Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. What is that? can't think of yeah, the band. Nor can I, but I know what you're oh, talking gosh, about. It's like a punk yep. band. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> but yeah, so she got to make that. Very cool. But it might just be a family where we named every mm-hmm. car all the mm-hmm. time. It feels to fit like ones where you're in them a lot. Mm-hmm always get names i currently have a mini cooper which is our reason for yeah it's like the reason we can drive gas guzzlers is we have a mini cooper and it doesn't really have a strong name because nobody really loves it oh that's too bad is it a new it's a bmw mini or uh, or an original uh, mini a classic mini it's a bmw it's 2014 yeah yeah. we have uh, my my brother is very fond of the uh of the bmw mini and uh and chris who never listens to the show uh my shopmate uh he uh (laughs) he has a a new mini and an old mini but uh they're i really like them i like the new minis a lot I think they're a very cool car. They're fun handling little yeah. cars. Just probably going to get something more fun or worse than gas money. Yeah. Well, you know, and there, uh, you know, there is, uh, I just read something this morning that their Mini is doing uh, a number of like different special edition cars, special paints and little bits and bobs and things on new ones and higher performance ones. And and I believe they're doing an all electric one uh, here pretty soon as well. So 
Yeah, that's my, cool. My mom has a mini. Your mom has a mini? My mom has a mini, so I always think of it as like, um, you know, an old lady car. Yeah, but your mom is like way cooler <laughs> than uh, your average uh, old lady. I mean, in the Mini Cooper, you know, she's racing kids around uh, a town in the in the Cooper, you know. Trying to convince my mom to get a motorcycle. Yeah. Why don't you just lend her one of yours? I'm not sure that's a good idea. You're not ready for the inheritance, I guess. It's uh, probably... Uh, I mean, yeah. it, 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 might, it might break her leg. For those of you that don't know, I have like some really old motorcycles and they're temperamental. Yeah. And dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, a lot of people would think they had been abandoned outside of wherever they're parked, but no, no, they were, they were ridden there. That's, that's uh, true. That's, that's just true. how they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. So uh, there, let's come around a, a little bit to an event that uh, that we are super interested in and talk about quite frequently on the show. Uh, my wife is uh, uh, very active in uh, in starting to uh, go down the path towards uh, joining uh, Her Majesty's Rebel Rally, uh, which I think is uh, a, an absolutely fabulous event. I actually watched the live stream on the uh, electric cars that they had fielded uh, in last uh, in the last event and and every. Everything that went into that absolutely spectacular uh, group of individuals, uh, very high class individuals that they have uh, involved uh, with that event. So let's talk a little bit about that. So first of all, um, how did you even hear about uh, something like this, and what made you think that uh, that would be something that you would uh, you would want to do? Well, a funny story. I actually read about it in Alan and Grit uh-huh. in 2017 because yeah. um, that was right after I got my first LR4, mm-hmm. and it's like this looks awesome. Like. These women get to go out and camp and race and they're doing it in their daily driver. Like, that's amazing. And I signed up, oh my gosh, month or two after that, not really knowing what I was getting into mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's just talk a little bit about, about the event. For those people that don't know, I realize I probably should have, uh, I should have said this first, but talk to me a little bit about what it is exactly, because I think a lot of people maybe have heard of it, but they don't entirely appreciate and, and, uh, uh, you know, for, for the rally stuff that I've done and the, you know, rally raid and California series and stuff like that. This is radically different than that. <laughs> this is way more difficult in my mind uh, than that. So talk a little bit about the, the, the Rebel and why, it, why is it different than your average sort of, you know, Rally Raid, California Rally Series or, or something like that? Sure. Yeah. It's um, seven days off-road, um, G- no GPS, map and compass only. And every day you wake up at five o'clock in the morning, you're given a map or given, yeah, mm-hmm. given a map, given latitude and longitude points, probably about 20 of them, which you're not expected to make it to all them but you plot them by the time you leave the starting line at seven o'clock in the morning um and it's not a race mm-hmm. technically being a rally mm-hmm. as you said but it's supposed to come off as like you have to get there really fast but you have to like pace mm-hmm. yourself um you're usually in pretty tough train where you can't be flying yeah. through it and then you'll get to either the same campsite or a new campsite that night working from about the lake tahoe mm-hmm. area down to like the Glam of Sand Dunes is usually the last two nights. And it's like the most fun off-road you can have while totally cut off from GPS technology, no cell phones, no computers, anything mm-hmm. like that. That's amazing. And it, w- w- like, were you very good at orienteering and scouts? Did, did you have, did you done any map-based, <laughs> uh, you know, navigation prior to that? None. I've always loved maps, but no, I just jumped in the deep end. There. Wow. Just one that of those is... like astrolabes to like determine your longitude, you know, like <laughs> a sextant. Of- yeah. Cal- you know, something like yeah, like you're you're navigating a, a tall ship. You have to wait till the stars come out to figure out where you are. I picked up a weird habit of 
like collecting that sort of thing now, <laughs> but prior yeah. to that, not no. at all. Wow, that is that. So, so you've decided, okay, I'm going to do a, a map and compass. Which, to be fair, again, I you know I've done this stuff a fair amount for a long time. Uh, that is the most intimidating thing I can think of. Uh, you know, there's no way that uh, uh, and and uh, you know lies is in the process of going through that, all learning that it is it is well beyond my capability. Um, but so you okay, a paper and map based uh, seven day off road, you know, rally. You read about it, our good friend, uh, our good friend Brian, and then the the, uh, the folks over at Ally and Grid. Unfortunately, not being Steve Hoare, not being uh, published anymore, which is really a shame because it was yeah, an absolutely kind of good, yeah, good it was an absolutely good, fantastic publication. Uh, publication. We we'll have to get Brian on the show at some point, chat about it. But um, anyways, uh, so you read about it, and so the next step is then what? You go to the website, you fill out your thing, and where where do you, how do you get if, if if I you know if I had someone who was interested in doing this, how do they get how do they get started? What did you start Start doing? How did you start training? Uh, well, there's a Facebook group that, that had previous rebels that sort of talk about like this is where I trained. Like one of the first things I did was go to REI, and you can take like a walking hiking map class, which is a bit different, but you get the basic mm-hmm. idea. And then I also took some driving classes in the dunes because a lot of off-roading does not include dunes. So right. I hadn't ever even thought about. Yeah, it's that. very different. Yeah, and that was probably. The scariest part. Yeah. Well, being from Canada, uh, the uh, the dune uh, is a completely foreign uh, object, and I don't. I'm still a little intimidated by sand. I don't like sand all that uh, all that much. But uh, so the driving class, uh, some map orienteering. How did you find your partner? How did you find uh, the ladies that you have uh, have partnered up with uh, in the past? It was pretty funny, actually. The first year, um, it was a lady that contacted me on Instagram. Saying, like, should I buy a Land Rover or a Toyota? Well, do you want the honest truth? Go with a Toyota. But if you're okay with uh, fixing it a bit, definitely buy a Land Rover. much better, yeah. And we sort of bonded over that, and she ended up navigating computers. It's not a better car, but it's a, no, I I think it's a better experience, though. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually is the girl, Penny Dale, won in the last two rallies. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. So you recruited the woman that that won. Technically, yeah, you could put it that way. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. And now back to the show. And so talk to me then about the the sort of first, so you're, you you found the Land Rover that you want to use, or this was the Land Rover that you've already owned. This was your LR4, LR3. I'm not sure which which one you used first, but this was the car you already you already sort of owned. Yeah, I dr- took my daily driver for two years. And then the last year I went in the Friends FJ Cruiser. You decide, you find your partner, you're out there. So what is the what is it like? What is this race? Uh, you know what's the what's the day to day? You said you get the map books and things in the morning, road book in the morning, um, and then what's the rest of your day like? You're basically chasing down latitude and longitude points for ten to twelve hours. If you're lost, it's even longer. I uh, get back to camp, have dinner. They give you a score of if you got them right, if you're close enough, because you click on a like a, a GPS clicker, but you don't actually know what you're doing. Um, so if you're close enough, and at the end of the day, you see if you're close enough. Um, so you see the score from the whole time. Have dinner, go to bed, and do it again the next morning, and it's about it. But so do the do the points uh, that you're looking for? Do they vary in difficulty, or are they all pretty difficult? Or can you choose between them? Or tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's kind of like skiing. There's green, blue, and black. Mm. The green ones always have a huge flag, like ten feet tall or so, and you can <laughs> see those from a little distance like it's surprising how close you have to be and they're often marked on the map so even if you're bad at plotting you can find them the blue ones vary between a much smaller flag and like a little pole you'd see for i don't know marking houses or something Mm -hmm. Um, so those can be pretty hard to find and sometimes emily miller would trick people and put them closer together so you actually have to be pretty good precise 
And then black checkpoints have nothing there besides looking at the topography on the map, you know, checking yourself, how far you've driven, mm-hmm. and then just hoping you're right. And those are the ones that actually have the least amount of points, green are the most amount of the points. And it's to keep you in the running and moving down the trail as you go. Basically. Interesting. So the hardest ones to, f- to find have the least number of points? Yeah. So when you look at everyone's scores up on the board, <laughs> you can tell like it's the top people are very, very close. And everyone mm-hmm. else is sort of like a large percentage. Gotcha. Yeah. No, the uh, the Gambler 500, which is uh, becoming a popular thing here in the Northwest, is um, sort of a rally with $500 cars. And they have sort of a similar thing where you find various waypoints and they have them divided into difficulty. And one is like, you know, easy riding. And those are the easiest ones. And then they have another category, which is gambling. Like you might find them or you might not. And then the last category is the devil's butthole. And those are the most <laughs> difficult ones to find. I found that to be true in, in life and, uh, and in, uh, in rally as well. Yeah. My husband and I did the gambler 500 in a oh, nice. uh, overheating, very interesting, losing the gasoline tank, uh, LR4 this past summer. Oh, dang. Did you get it for 500 bucks? We got it for like 1200 but it was the cheapest one we could find. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's not bad. Is that the goal? You're supposed to buy a car for $500 and then uh, I mean, make it it's, go it's, it's not very official. You I know, see. It's sort of a, you know, gambler 500 $500 cars. So there's a lot of like hoopty mobiles and, yeah. you know, these sorts of, of cars, you know, 80s cars with like mud tires and you know, all kinds of crazy stuff and people decorate them. It's exactly the kind of thing I love. That it's pretty wonderful. fun. It's pretty fun. And you want to do the uh, Baja XL at some point uh, as well. I heard there. Is that true? Yeah, actually we were just um, looking at it yesterday. I think the plan currently is to do it in a $2,000 Bentley, which was oh, nice. it free if you do it in a crazy car. Though <laughs> Those guys are pretty, uh, they're pretty fun. Now I heard that they were banned from Mexico for, uh, for going down there and violating COVID uh, protocols and things, but uh, apparently they're going to try to do it again this year. So yeah, it feels it's getting a little more cannonball run every year. They do that thing that uh, I feel like you'll be uh, chased by the federale at some point uh, during the uh, life of that uh, event. And that'll, that'll probably be the last time when they finally catch up with those guys. But uh, it, it, it is an amazing event. And uh, yeah, Eliza and I have talked about doing it many, many times before, and it's uh, super fun, super fun looking, and a good, good bunch. They do the Budapest Rally as well, and uh, and uh, that that also looks like a, that looks like a ton of fun. So that one looks amazing. Yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe we'll get the Rover Talk guys, and we'll do the Budapest Rally. I can, we'll do that. So, in addition to your uh, your racing and rally career, you uh, you're a freelance writer. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been a kind of a dry winter for me. We get caught COVID, and the kids are busy, but. I'm currently mm-hmm. writing a piece for Rovers North that's uh, about some of the founders of the Sully Hole Club in Denver here, just because it's yeah. been so long. And then we're always, we put on the Great American Rally and then we're putting yeah. on the Land Rover National Rally every year. And mm-hmm. I was thinking it's, it's kind of cool. It's been going on so long. There's still everyone here. So that's my latest piece. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, that's a neat club up there and, and some uh, some interesting folks and uh, haven't had a chance to get up to any of those events in quite a while, but uh but a good group, and, and uh, they do a, a heck of a job. So, uh, yeah. Well, that'll be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I believe I've read some of your Rebel Rally uh, stuff that uh, that uh, has been in there in the past, and that's great. And, and oh, awesome. some wonderful pictures and things. And uh, so, what other what other uh, what other sort of journalism interests you? Is that something that uh, that's a big passion of yours? Have you always done that, or is that something that has come you, you know more recently around cars and and things like that? Well, I've kind of been obsessed with cars my entire life. Um, 
this is sort of, I used to sell them, I've designed them. This is sort of branching out to like, you can be a stay at home mom and do something passionate about cars. Um, So I can't say I've done a ton of it, but mostly rovers so far. And then I'm hoping to break into uh, anything that has four wheels, basically. Yeah, that's that's great. Well, no, I you know our our good friend uh, Jeremy uh, Hart is a uh, a friend of the show and a good good friend of Ike and I's and uh, a prolific automotive journalist. And so there's certainly uh, you know certainly lots of uh, lots of great stories that he has from writing about uh, cars over the you know. The, Somehow they quite, always quite involve well. porn stars. I don't know why yeah, that but, is. More than you would probably want, but uh, he's he's done some interesting stuff because of his uh, his writing. So I don't blame you. I think that if I had the ability to write, um, and uh, you know, at any any proficient uh, level, that would be. Uh, I, I agree. I think that's an amazing. Uh, it's an amazing way to experience uh, those vehicles and to kind of relate that to people. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So on the uh, on the horizon for you. So uh, you know, uh, the Baja XL and a two thousand dollar Bentley. I love it. I think that's going to be absolutely fantastic. Is there a another rebel rally in your future do you think you've done how many now i've done three so far um yeah i'm planning on this year and it looks like it won't be in a rover again but it it should be a good one that i can't say (laughs) yeah yeah fair enough well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get you back into a land rover at some point in the future that's uh some brand uh you know some uh, brand pride there we'll have to talk maybe our maybe joe and the folks at uh, land rover uh, back in uh, new york can uh, hook you up with a with a 130 maybe the were the first 130 to to rebel or something like that i think that, that would be, be amazing I, i've been hoping to get back into one or the electric one or something interesting yeah yeah man i want an electric one real bad but uh you know uh, it's just uh, it's not in the cards for a while unfortunately i have been on the team in uh, the uk for uh, for a while to try to get an electric one for something that we're working on, but there's just uh, there's just uh, you know, they have a whole warehouse full of finished ones. They just need that one chip installed in them so they can be. It's like a watch usable. battery. That's uh, and yeah. then they're good to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, they just need. They're all there's a chip shortage in case you didn't know. So oh God, yeah, they're all missing in that chip. A hybrid uh, one would be nice. I would even take a hybrid Defender. You can get the P400E in the UK, kind of. I mean, you can't get any cars anywhere, but um, but you can't get a P400E here yet, which um, I would I would like to see that. But I'm not sure if that's an appropriate size motor for the 130. Who knows? It's an, it's a, it's a it's a bigger car. A little bit bigger, you know. You can't park it anywhere. It's just too long. It's like a it's like a stretch Humvee. It's the most. Uh, it's the least uh, practical vehicle in the world. But it's only a, it's the same wheelbase as the one ten. It's the same wheelbase as the one ten. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's one hundred twenty inches. Yeah, it's just a little bit a little bit longer in the back. It's just it's proportioned bigger, a little nicer. It's got a yeah. bigger badonk. It does, and that's that's what I'm looking for. You know, in a car. <laughs> you know, I like uh, I like something that just you can't parallel park anywhere in Los Angeles. That's really what I'm. That's that's one of my criteria for a vehicle. So it's. Uh, okay. Anyways, yeah, it's uh, you know, let's say so. Um, before we before we move on to uh, you know what uh, some guests have called uh, the worst part of their day, Ike Goss's uh, <laughs> lightning uh, round uh, questions. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to. Uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe touch on a few things uh, again on the uh, on the you know on the the rally, and we we always like to ask people uh, for sort of a you know a, a, an interesting story. As this is as much as it is a show about anything, it really I think is a show about nothing. I guess there's some Land Rover stuff every now and then. Um, the the thing that we love to hear is an interesting story from people. So if you could uh, think back to your rebelling uh, or any rally in general. Um, 
do you have a great story that uh, that really stands out? Uh, you know, on uh, on one of these events. That is an excellent question. I feel like the whole event is such a fulfilling thing. I don't know if I have a good antidote. I have not yet finished a rebel in a Land Rover without having problems, which is kind of a yeah. typical thing. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first year. What was the problem with the FJ Cruiser? <laughs> oh, in a Land Rover. Was the, <laughs> the FJ Cruiser oh. did it just fine, but I have to say we took loads. Oops. So that could also be why. It's just not. But, I mean, you know, the, what's the, where's the adventure in that? If everything just goes the way it's supposed to, then you don't meet, you know, the weird possum guy with a half shaft, you know? So there's, you know, there's... Exactly. Yeah. There's a certain joy to the adventure. I think that's part of the reason we end up loving our trucks so much is you have crazy adventures and meet interesting people and it's so memorable. And if you drive a, a really great car that nothing ever happens, gets good ma- gas mileage, you, you can't name it cool things. <laughs> that's exactly right. There's there's something, there's no character there. You know, okay. who wants that? So right? using that rationale, the least reliable car is the most fun. Yep, but I would go with that. <laughs> I think that's a totally fair and accurate statement. I, I agree. I think the you know if you don't quite know if you're going to get there in the morning, you know the journey is a little bit more of an adventure. You know, I think if uh, you're that guy that shut down the uh, Starbucks drive-through a couple of times, then you know you know what I'm talking about. You know, that's, uh, I, I I don't. I'm no, never, Ike doesn't like Starbucks. Happened. I have a I have a fairly significant Starbucks habit, and Ike doesn't like Starbucks. We've had to stop. We've been to every Starbucks in the UK, coincidentally. So I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly confident that uh, in the, in the last trip that Ike and I were there, I think we hit every Starbucks, and uh, I'm fine with that. Probably true. I have no problem there. That's uh, I've made my piece. So you know. Uh, all right. Well, given that lightning round, mm-hmm. yeah, lightning round. It is it is time uh, there. We've uh, you know we've uh, we've procrastinated as much as humanly possible in the interest of uh, uh, trying to keep you from what is uh, sometimes referred to as uh, slightly difficult. Um, Ike Goss's uh, world of famous uh, lightning round questions. So at that, uh, Ike, I will uh, leave it to you. Uh, they are good luck. All right, there. Are you familiar with the lightning round format? I can't say that I am, actually, so let's see. All right. It's going to be uh, short questions with brief responses, just a short, you know, uh, couple word answer, and uh, they're going to come in relatively rapid succession. All right. Are you ready? Yes. All right. If you could have any co-pilot, living or dead, for an off-road rally, who would it be? Um, oh, gosh. The girl that just died doing the oh, um, the record. And- Jesse Coombs? Yes, thank you. <laughs> right on. Good choice. LR3 or Range Rover Classic? Range Rover Classic. Ooh, good choice. Gas or diesel? Diesel. Ooh, interesting. Soft top or hard top? On what? Anything. Soft top. Yes, good choice. Automatic or manual transmission? Manual, definitely. Oh, man, this is great. And then what is the best way to get gear oil out of your underpants <laughs> uh throw them away oh good choice it's a popular that's answer the, the, yeah that's <laughs> and i think that's probably the right uh the right thing i just tolerate a, a minimum amount uh, at all times i think that's just the gear oil in my underpants is there on purpose yeah in case you didn't <laughs> listen to the last episode provides a certain amount of uh friction reduction um <laughs> well all good well there thank you so much for your time absolutely fantastic and please do uh you know i hope you can come on again and talk about the uh, two thousand dollar 
Bentley Baja XL, the next that Rebel, whatever fun. secret vehicle that's going to happen in, uh, and uh, and certainly let us know uh, as uh, you know your current article or anything in the future uh, comes up. We'd love to uh, we'd love to have you back on and uh, and have a chat. It was uh, absolutely a pleasure chatting with you, and uh, yeah, thanks for your time. I would absolutely love to. Thank you so much. Thanks again. All right. Well, that was fantastic. Super interesting to uh, you know talk about that event. And I'm not I'm not kidding when I say like you know map entirely map encompassed based navigation, especially especially rally navigation. Uh, it, it is incredible. You know what a neat uh, what a neat event and and such a cool. Uh, you know, such a cool group putting it together. I um, I had an opportunity to uh, watch some of the, uh, like I said, some of the electric um, recap that they had done from um, you know previous uh, the previous event, and uh, really cool. They're just doing some really neat stuff with that event, and uh, seems like a really good group of uh, folks uh, involved. So um, yeah, I mean, if if you're interested in the uh, Rebel Rally, uh, volunteering or becoming part of the uh, of the actual event. Uh, you know, pop on to their uh, website and uh, check it out. They've got a great YouTube, good Facebook. As they said, that's a, a good starting place is their, is their Facebook page. And uh, yeah, you can go from there. Uh, speaking of uh, Facebook pages, uh, head on over to our Facebook page or our Instagram to check out, uh, you know, things that, uh, that we've got going on. We've got a whole new, a whole new raft, a whole new raft of stickers. Um, that will be sort of the, uh, the last runs we do on the, uh, on the AJ uh, artwork uh, stickers. Uh, we're going to sort of uh, not retire that necessarily. We'll sell what we have left, but we have a, a whole new a whole new round of uh, of uh, underpowered hour merch uh, coming oh uh, very soon. I've seen some yep. I've seen some uh, prototypes, and uh, you guys are going to really like this. I'm gonna. This is another level. This is really cool stuff. Coming from uh, some of your favorite Land Rover based uh, artists, favorite artists in general, not just uh, just, just Land Rover. We got some. We got some good. Uh, you know, got some good stuff uh, going uh, across the board. So, uh, yeah, uh, head on over, check that out, uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, the YouTube for those who don't know has been for a little while now, day and date, uh, meaning that uh, when the uh, episode comes out as an audio podcast, it also comes out as a video on uh, YouTube. So if you want to see what uh what ike uh, has on his t-shirt uh, at any given episode you can head on over there and uh, check that out and uh, we're also going to start uh putting some more content on youtube and for those of you who are uh, not yet uh patrons uh head on over to patreon if you're interested and check that out uh ike and i are going to start uh, doing a, a weekly uh check-in a little little vlog from the uh, workshops uh just to sort of let you guys know what we're doing and and uh, get you a little uh a better picture sure of that that's exclusive exclusive highly exclusive secret almost if you were in the uk it would be secret um if for just for our patrons uh so head on over there to uh to patreon and uh and uh, check it out and uh you know our our good friends over at the uh, center steer uh podcast uh end their episode by saying uh you know if there's uh if you like the podcast and there's some i'll do my john impression if you like the podcast and there's someone that uh you know that would like to listen to it why don't you tell them about it uh i you know, we always suggest maybe keep it to yourself. Uh, we don't want anyone to think less of you because of your listenership uh, to this particular uh, show. But uh, if you find it uh, uh, that it might be interesting for someone uh, that you know uh, that they might get something from it, then uh, we encourage you to uh, anonymously uh, maybe suggest it to, to them. Uh, you know, write it on a you know a, a nondescript piece of paper, maybe uh, you know, and uh, slip it under their door. And because uh, we would uh, we'd certainly uh, we'd enjoy having them around so uh with that ike 
unfortunately, we have run out of time uh, to uh, to talk about uh, uh, your review of Nando's. I apologize. Damn it. We will get to that uh, in a future uh, episode, uh, I promise. Uh, but for now, uh, I, we're just out of time. It's just, uh, you know, we just uh, too Man. much going on. Man, next time. Next time. All right. Well, it's been a slice, and uh, we'll catch up with you uh, next week. See you on the trail, Stephen. Underpowered Hour is produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook. <laughs>